0: The word of God. For this reason, ever since I heard about your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for all the saints, I have not stopped giving thanks for you, remembering you in my prayers. I keep asking that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, And God placed all things under his feet, and appointed him to be head over everything for the church which is his body, the fullness of him who fills everything in every way. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God.
1: The next open house uh, lunch will not be on the last Saturday of December, but uh, Sunday of December, but on the first Sunday of January. So January the 3rd, anybody who is new to the church or would like to come and meet with other folk, then come to 31 Daramore Drive uh, for lunch on that day. Thank you.
2: Uh, First of all, I'd like to say a big thank you to everyone who's helped with the tea and coffee rota for for this last while. It's only worked because so many people have volunteered to help. I've got a new rota here now for January through to April. So if people would like to come and... uh, sign up again. If you've done it before, that's brilliant. If you haven't but would like to give it a go, that that would be really great. Come and see me afterwards. Can I just ask if there's anyone who knows when the Third World lunches are happening next year or other things that are happening up here afterwards when we shouldn't have coffee, could you let me know that too so I can cross them off? So thanks very much.
3: I would just like to remind the older members, the 4S Club, that tomorrow is the day for our lunch, and uh, I, it, it, I hope that'll prove to be a good day because we're having Botanic Primary School Choir, and uh, Janice and Steve will be with us as well. Thank you. PW, tomorrow week, Monday the fourteenth of December, we're having our traditional <coughs> Christmas celebration which is the occasion when we invite friends to come with to join us. Last year, we were delighted that a collection of friends came and we would say to them particularly, please treat this as your personal invitation to come back again this year. But we will also be very happy to have any others who would like to join us and I have a special reason for saying this. When I tell you, you're listening, that our special guests are wait for it, our very own Richard Guthrie and David Livingstone, and that something was vaguely mentioned somewhere along the line about Flanders and Swan. (laughs) You will realise that PW are delighted to share this rare treat with anyone who wishes to come. So, Monday the 14th, 8 o'clock in the L-shaped room, and don't forget, if you have the nerve you're encouraged to bring a photograph with you of you as a baby. Or better still, give it secretly to Betty or Joan next Sunday. Thank you.
1: Could I just draw your attention to a notice this week about Women's Aid and say thank you to you all for your continuing support of Women's Aid throughout the year. Uh, for those who don't know, uh, Fitzroy has supported the Belfast uh, Women's Aid Refuge for quite a number of years by providing uh, essentials for women who turn up uh, really at short
2: notice, things like toiletries, uh, towels, all those essential things that you would need if you left your house
1: very quickly. So a big thank you for that and just a reminder to keep that going uh, if you would. The second thing is we've also in the past... Uh, provided Christmas gifts for the women and children who find themselves there over Christmas. So if you would like to contribute to that, if you would just give a donation to myself or Roberta, and if we have enough, then we can buy the ladies who are there and their family something nice for Christmas. Thank you. This is the Fitzroy Big Family Christmas card. Um, Instead of sending individual cards to different members of the congregation, um, you can sign this card and send Christmas greetings to everyone in the congregation. It'll be here at the front of the church each Sunday before Christmas. Please come and sign the card and there'll be a box beside it for donations to tear fund, and there'll be envelopes if you want to gift your donation. So happy Christmas to Fitzroy from me, Theodore.
4: Thank you. I did ask you a few weeks ago who had got the first Christmas card. Well, here's your opportunity. I would like to take this opportunity to promote our fourth Fitzroy Appeal of the Year. Uh, So far, we've raised £12,000. Let me tell you what that's used for. £11,000 goes to PCI for a myriad of various organisations which they support around the world. So we've got that a bit chalked off. The rest of the money we raise then goes to our own family members who are working abroad. And at the moment we've got £1,000 to distribute between four of them. So could I encourage us please to make use of the little envelopes at the back of our little pack of our weekly envelopes. Or if you're new and haven't got those envelopes, a little envelope just marked Fitzroy Appeal, please, and make a donation. Let us pray for our Fitzroy family members who are abroad this morning. Let's close our right. let's pray. Let's remember first of all the McElwyn family here working in Jordan. Father, we pray for Stephen this morning, as he works with government officials from a lot of different countries, helping to be able to broker compromise and a willingness to work together for the good of all nations. We pray that his Christian character and Christian values and faith would shine through, and that he can indeed bring about Cooperation and a willingness to make this Red Sea Dead Sea project work. We pray for Roz as she continues to teach in the international school. Give her wisdom and skill in dealing with so many different nationalities and so many different ability levels. We pray for the three children, Fergus, Shan, and Caitlin. We pray you'd also help them to be able to cope with their academic learning. Their sports, their hobbies, and friendships. We pray your blessing upon them as a family. Lord, this morning we also remember Patricia and we say thank you for her and her willingness to set retirement aside and to go off to Nepal for the year. Guide her in her teaching and advisory roles. May she be able to set standards that will benefit the field of physiotherapy in Nepal. Guide her in learning the language coping with the culture, making friends, finding fellowship, and in staying healthy. We commit Colin to you as he heads off to Argentina soon, guide him in being able to renew friendships and be able to make plans for the future. We pray for the Kennedy family in Malawi. Bless Neil in his work as he practices and trains others in the field of medicine. Guide Sarah as she works with special needs children. Undertake for Grace and Ben as they go through education in a foreign country. And Lord, we also remember Alan and Sheena as they've taken on a third child. Guide them as parents in a foreign country with different cultures. Give them the wisdom, the skills, the patience they need and also the work which they do in the hospitals there. Thank you, Lord, for the time and commitment given to those other children, showing friendship, teaching them, playing with them, and most of all, living for you. We pray, dear Lord, that you would indeed anoint and bless all of these, our family members, as they serve you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.
1: Could I just back George up there? We want our missionaries, um, we're all missionaries, but the ones who are overseas to feel part of what we're doing here and it would be really good if you used that last envelope to make sure that they get a little bit more from us than maybe a book token or whatever we can afford. So please be encouraged to use your uh, envelopes at the back of uh, your book of uh, offering envelopes. Uh, seems appropriate and seamless to say now we bring to God and continue in our worship as we bring to God our offering. Lord we pray that as we give we would think carefully and Lord as we distribute this across our church and the world that we would think carefully too and that we would be strategic in the use and stewardship of what you've given us for the furtherance of your kingdom and bringing your will on earth as it is in heaven. Amen.
4: Sometimes it seems in church that we only sing about joy and happiness and it's very important that we have times to actually connect with the difficult things that happen to us. This next song is one of those songs. For this morning, because it's new, we'll sing it to you. So if you just want to sit quietly and have the words on your knee...
1: In a little bit of a shorter time, I hope I want to share with you something that I need to keep carefully balanced. We need to balance something that's imbalanced without imbalancing it the other way. We theologically need to be sensitive. Um, The title this morning is, We Are More Than Just Sinners Saved by Grace. We're a whole lot bigger than that. If you're just here this morning, it's part of a series we've been doing with a a similar refrain, I guess you could call it. And um, I want to make sure that we don't lose the fact that we're sinners saved by grace by allowing ourselves to be uh, getting an understanding that we're a whole lot more than that. So that's what I'm going to hope to do in a shorter time than maybe we usually have. (laughs) Let me take you to um, a concert venue in London. And a friend of mine is down... Uh, with his acoustic guitar doing the uh, perpetual support slots in the hope of becoming famous, which never happened, by the way, unless you count making an album with me being famous, so he, didn't re- he really didn't make it. Um, but anyway, my friend Sam's down doing these support slots in the London clubs, and he used to take his pastor with him, who's now actually principal at Caprenry Hall, um, Rob Whittaker, used to go with Sam as he was doing these gigs in London, And this night they went down and things very quickly became slightly different than normal because the support act was gracious, which is not always the case. And if you're going to be, and it's Friday night here we saw, uh, the future of rock and roll, I do believe, right here at Flipside. And if any of those guys should uh, make it to um, the the headline slots around uh, the clubs, never mind the stadiums of the world, I hope that they keep that graciousness Because this support act or this headline act came over to Sam and said, if there's anything you need, feel free to use whatever guitar strings, capos, if you want to use my uh, monitors or whatever else. And Sam was a bit suspicious of somebody being that gracious. But uh, eventually he came over and he said, would you like to come for coffee? And Sam and Rob and uh, the headline act went um, for coffee. And as they're sitting around having coffee, Sam was playing that game that some of my friends play with me. There's Rob off for the night. It's not communion, so he's not wearing his clerical collar. And he's uh, trying to chill and blend into the London club scene. And Sam says to the headline act Go on, ask Rob what he does for a living. And um, don't dare do it if we're going well on evangelism because it could spoil it. And uh, Rob sort of shuffled in his seat and he said, Well, actually, I'm a pastor. And Peter said, oh, he said, I've been a Christian for four years, which Sam and Rob would have suspicious of. And he said, you know, the first two years I was a Christian, I wasn't sober one day. I was an alcoholic when I came to faith, and it took the Lord two years to uh, get that sorted out in my life. But uh, I've been a Christian for this length of time. And then he looked at Rob and he said, Rob, I found an interesting thing when I was going to Alcoholics Anonymous. He said, I used to go into Alcoholics Anonymous, and uh, when you said in Alcoholics Anonymous, who here is an alcoholic, everybody quickly put their hand up. But he said, Rob, when I went to the pubs and the bars and said, who here is an alcoholic, nobody put their hand up. He said, Rob, your church, is it like Alcoholics Anonymous or like a pub? If you go in on a Sunday morning and say, who here has been sinning this week? How many quickly put their hand up? And I noticed that we didn't really rush just there. (laughs) It was an outside opportunity maybe, but an opportunity it was. I would kind of have hoped that Adi Boyor would have put that one in. But anyway, it's an interesting question, isn't it? Have the churches become pubs and clubs rather than Alcoholics Anonymous? Are we willing to admit That this morning, in this building, as we come to the Lord's table, we are sinners. And that's why we're here. Sinners anonymous. Here because we need to meet as part of the process of the Holy Spirit sanctifying us in our daily lives. Sinners saved by grace, yes. Now I want to take you on another journey before we get back. In the early 90s there was a, I think he would have been coming out of a Catholic theology, a man called Matthew Fox who was really getting quite a lot of attention in the 90s. And what Fox did was he decided that we were concentrating so much on the fall and sin that he created an alternative theology that was called creationist theology, which went much more on human beings are created in the image of God than human beings are fallen by the result of the human fall as we read about it in Genesis 1 in the Garden of Eden. <laughs> and folks got a lot of listening. And I remember being at the Greenbelt Festival where Graham Cray, now a bishop down in the southeast of England, said that this would be a really crucial flaw to Christianity if we lost the mirror of the fall and of our sinfulness to look on more positive things and begin to become deniers of the negative. Fox had imbalanced it so much, or had corrected the imbalance, maybe so much, that he'd gone imbalanced the other way and neglected the fall and the fact that we are sinners saved by grace. But you'll find over time, can I say, that the most frustrating thing about being an congregational life so far is the length of time it takes me to get to talk to you I lived with the last crowd you met them in the car park you met them in the office you met them in the cafe if you wanted to get one of them to tell them they were doing the reading on Sunday you went to their kitchen but this is a different deal I'm just getting to know about one or two a week and it's getting very very frustrating but I'm going to hang in for a few years and see how I get on Now, how did that get to... Yes, one of the things you're going to have to learn about me is this. When something happens or something is said, I will very quickly try to investigate why it was happened or said. So if there's a conversation that happens, or dare I think in a congregation with uh, so few opinions as yourselves, that you would ever uh, you would ever share opinions in a way that it would get heated, I would not be so much concerned about the heatedness of that shared opinion as to... What's going on behind that? What's going on behind that in our lives? But what's going on behind that in our fellowship? What's going on behind that? What makes us do the things we do? And I want to do that for Matthew Fox's theology for a moment. Because he got it imbalanced. But there was something behind it that caused him to rebalance. And that may have been that we concentrate so much on the fallen nature of who we are that we forget that we're made in the image of God but even more important than that that we are redeemed by the blood of Jesus and therefore something profoundly something profoundly has happened I'm not even sure whether grammatically that's right but I'm trying to make the point that there's been a fundamental change in who we are when we are converted or saved or born again Those phrases that we use to talk about this interruption of grace that we discussed or looked at a few weeks ago. That when God comes into our lives, something fundamentally changes, which means I no longer look at the raw iron ore of sin, but I look at the raw iron ore of sin that has been redeemed by Christ's cross and his blood and the Holy Spirit poured out to sanctify us. So I don't look at just sinners saved by grace this morning. I look at something much more exciting than that. Elizabeth II, when she was just Princess Elizabeth, had a much easier time than the modern royals. There was no sun or daily mirror. There were no tabloids. There was no paparazzi chasing this little girl who was going to be queen around her holiday time. And so in Balmoral Castle one summer, the Princess Elizabeth got herself lost. And on the edges of Balmoral Castle's grounds, a little old lady brought her in and made her lemonade. And then she said to the Princess Elizabeth, she said, we're going to have to find out who you are so that we can get you back to your parents. Wouldn't happen today. She would call the paparazzi first. She would have the family around for photos. They would be on the internet very quickly. Facebook profile." And the Princess Elizabeth looked at her and said, Oh, I'm a nobody, but my father's the king. Oh, I'm a nobody, but my father's the king. She hadn't understood that because her father was the king, she was far from a nobody. But do we say it ourselves today? Oh, I'm just a sinner saved by grace. I'm really a nobody. Guys, our father is not the king. He's the king of kings and the lord of lords. And I look today in front of me at his adopted children. Those who will be seen as holy and blameless in his sight. Ephesians chapter 1. If we go through, if we had time to go through, but we're trying to keep everything ship shape, if we had a chance to go through some of those verses that the Bible talks about the people in front of me today, if we went to 1 Peter 2 and 9, we would find that you are a chosen people. Look at you. You look great. You're a chosen people. You're a royal priesthood. All of us don't need to wear a collar, don't need to be installed don't need to be inducted. All the things they do to ministers that sound far more dangerous than than they really should be. We don't need to have a vocation in ministry to be a royal priesthood, a holy nation. God's spiritual possession, today's NIV says. That's who you are. That's who we are. If we went to Romans 8 and 16 and 17, you are heirs of the Father. And nobody nobody you're heirs of god the father i sit amongst royalty with an inheritance far greater than any human being could ever have on earth we are joint heirs with christ jesus it tells us in the same verse in ephesians chapter one that we've already touched on blessed with every spiritual blessing in christ that's who we are we are blessed with every spiritual blessing in Christ. We are chosen to be holy and blameless. We are adopted to sonship. And daughters can be adopted to sonship too. We are redeemed. We are grace lavished. We are the chosen of God. Now the psychologist would tell us that the great need within our human psyche is that we sense some sort of self-esteem. That we're loved that we feel some significance or purpose in our being. And it may just be that Matthew Fox saw a little error in our balances and realized that even in his fellowship of believers, there were those who knew that their father was the king, but still saw themselves as nothing. And that therefore, deep in the psyche of their souls, they were not at peace. They didn't have that inner depth of peace. They didn't have that inner sense of God's love, which continues to make us just broken, fallen, damaged human beings. And the thing that redemption wants to do is to heal all the breakages and all the damage of the fall. But while we see ourselves oppressed in our sinfulness, we may well not be able to grow in the holiness that God would have for us. Maybe more important than that for a church like ourselves. It prevents us having that confidence that we read in Hebrews at the start of the service, the confidence that can come into the most holy place by the blood of Jesus, the confidence to maybe be missional. Because if we don't sense that self-esteem, if we think we're a nobody, How will we do in work or in family or in neighbourhood when we get an opportunity to share faith about Christ in a personal evangelistic way? Or how will we feel about taking this church to the neighbourhoods around that I mention every week because every week they're still around us? If we think we're nobodies, then perhaps we will not have the confidence to get up And be the missionaries, the ambassadors, the servants, the light and the salt that Jesus wants us to be. Let me rebalance it. How many times have you heard about the rich who we like? Or the famous that we like? Ah, they never forgot where they came from. The ones who come out of the slums of New York and made it famous but didn't become obnoxiously famous and rich because they never forgot where they came from. We are just sinners, saved by grace at one angle of it. But at the other side, we are heirs of God the Father and joint heirs with Jesus. If our understanding of ourselves as the people of God causes us to have, I'll say it again, because actually after a few weeks I've got to like it, a holiness that feeds our self-righteousness, then we've imbalanced it again. But if we begin to have confidence in who we are in Christ that gives us a strength to feed every hunger that we find around us in the week, then we've got the balance to who we are. And this morning, Paul in our reading said, not that you would have an inheritance in the saints. Not that you would get a power that was incomparable. Not that you would. He says, I pray that the eyes of your heart would be enlightened to that which is already here. And so this morning, as we come to this table, who do we come to this table as? Yes, we come as those Ephesians 2 tell us who were far from God. Dead in sin. And we were. Let us never forget where we came from. But this morning, let us come as part of the family of God. As we sit around His table as His chosen children to begin to live a new life born again to be heirs of the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords let us pray Lord we pray we would find this balance so often we have concentrated on the fall and our sinfulness and we should never forget that because Lord that is where we've come from and every day that haunts us, and still we do what we don't want to do and don't do what we want to do. But in your sight, we're different, fundamentally changed. Your children, your chosen, holy people. And we pray, Lord, that we would begin to see that if our God really is the King of Kings, that we are far more than nobodies. We are members of your family. May that seep into our deepest hearts and minds and souls so that with confidence this week we would not only approach you but we could approach the world and serve you in Christ's name. Amen.
2: I will sing this song of gladness, give my praise to the fountain of delight. For in my helplessness you heard my cry, and waves of mercy poured down on my life. Savior Wonderful Counselor in majesty Lord of history You're the way The truth, the life Star of the morning Glorious in holiness You're the risen one Heaven's champion And your reign You Rain over all. I, I will trust, trust in the cross of my Redeemer. my Redeemer. I will sing of the blood that never fails. Of sins forgiven, of conscience cleansed, of of death defeated, defeated, of life without end. Beautiful Savior, wonderful wonderful Counselor, golden majesty, of history, you're the way, the truth, the light, star of the morning. Glorious and holy, you're the risen one, heaven's champion, and you reign. where the praise is never-ending, I am to dwell where the glory never fades, where countless worshippers will share one song, and cries of worthy will honor Of history, you're the way, the truth, the light, star of the morning, glorious in holiness. You're the risen one, heaven's champion, and you reign. You reign over all.
0: To be seated. Just two little housekeeping things because we're not in our usual place and our usual ways this morning. First of all, communion tokens. If you would make sure you've filled it up and leave it on the seat as you leave this morning. That will make it easy for those who have to deal with that after the service. Leave your communion token on the seat. And we will be uh, perhaps a little slower in distributing the wine this morning, just we're not quite sure how the logistics are going to work out. So uh, the the wine will not follow perhaps as closely on the bread as we are normally accustomed to. Now let's take our service sheet and uh, our invitation to meet with our wonderful Lord Jesus (laughs) here at his table is printed for us there. This is the table of the Lord. It is open to all who are in communion with the universal church. We therefore invite members of any branch of Christ's church who love him in sincerity to join us in this holy communion. The Lord Jesus invites us to share this joyful feast He says, from east and west, from north and south, people will come. I am the bread of life, says Jesus. Whoever comes to me will never be hungry. Happy are those, says Jesus, whose greatest desire is to do what God requires. God is satisfied with you. We stand to confess our Christian faith together in the words of the Nicene Creed We believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth. He came down from heaven by the power of the Holy Spirit. He became incarnate of the Virgin Mary and was made man. For our sake, he was crucified under Pontius Pilate. He suffered death and was buried. He rose again in accordance with the scriptures. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again in glory We acknowledge one baptism for the forgiveness of sins. We look for the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. Amen. Amen. Be seated. The words of the institution of this sacrament we find in 1 Corinthians chapter 11. For I have received from the Lord what I also passed on to you. The Lord Jesus, on the night he was betrayed, took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, after supper... He took the cup, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. As the Lord Jesus, the same night in which he was betrayed, took bread, I take these elements of bread and wine to be set apart from all common use to this holy use and mystery. And as he gave thanks and blessed, let us draw near to God and bring him our prayers and thanksgivings. The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. We lift them to the Lord. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. To our Let us pray. It is indeed right that we should thank and praise you, our gracious God, for all the blessings you have given to us. Thank you for your creation, for the beauty of everything you have made, for the gift of life with all its mystery, its fun and laughter, its challenges and choices, and even its hardships and sorrows. Thank you for your new creation. For when we disobeyed you and fell into sin, we and our fathers before us, you did not give us up. In love and patience, you lifted us up. You have made us kings and priests to God by sending your Son into the world to rescue us and redeem us. Thank you for all we've been remembering this morning for what you have made us in Jesus Christ, your Son. At this Advent season, we give thanks especially that Jesus came into this world to share our life and show us plainly how greatly you love us. We rejoice today in the gift of your Son and we eagerly await the fulfillment of his promise that he will come again to judge the world with justice and to bring in your kingdom of goodness and love. Therefore, with all your people on earth and in heaven, we lift up our hearts in joyful praise, saying, Holy, Holy, Holy Lord, God of power and might, heaven and earth are full of your glory. Hosanna in the highest. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. But most of all, we focus our thoughts on Jesus, the child of Bethlehem, the carpenter of Nazareth, the teacher of Galilee. The Lamb of Calvary, the Lord of the empty tomb, ascended into heaven, praying for us all, the Giver of the Holy Spirit, the coming King. Before him, every knee will bow and every tongue confess that he is Lord. Remembering who he is and all that he has suffered, and pleading only what he has done for us, we now follow his example and obey his command. Send down your Holy Spirit to bless us and these your gifts of bread and wine that as we receive them we may by faith partake of his body and blood to nourish our souls to help us grow in grace and to the glory of your holy name. <clears throat> in these sacred moments we offer to you our very selves to be a living sacrifice, dedicated and fit for your acceptance. For this is our true and highest worship. Now hear us, Lord, as in the words that Jesus taught us, we humbly pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, Amen. On the night in which he was betrayed, the Lord Jesus took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, Take, eat. This is my body, broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, he took the cup, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this, whenever you drink it, in remembrance of me. Draw near now with faith. Receive the body of our Lord Jesus Christ, which he gave for you, and his blood which he shed for you. (coughs) Eat and drink, remembering that Christ died for you, and feed on him in your hearts, by faith, with thanksgiving. The body of Christ, broken for you.